Hello and welcome to the Sandmaze podcast. I'm Barry Collins. Finding out how fast or reliable your broadband connection should be isn't always simple. In the US, the Federal Communications Commission is aiming to make it easier by bringing in so-called nutrition labels at the point of sale, forcing broadband providers to disclose information such as average speeds, prices and traffic restrictions before customers click buy. What differences will this make to the broadband buying experience? And what impacts will it have on the internet providers? In the first part of this two-part podcast, I'm speaking to former FCC executive Walter Johnson, who gives us his frank views on the labels and what impacts they will make. Then, in part two, I'm joined by Sam Nose Director of Government Projects, Roxanne Robinson, who gives us some insight into how other regulators around the world have tackled this issue and helped to make broadband advertising more reliable. First, however, I started by asking Walter Johnson why he thought the US nutrition labels failed to take off when they were first implemented as a voluntary scheme back in 2016. Uh, Well, I thought about that question. It's it, the easiest way to explain it, it became a religious issue, uh, and uh, there were casualties as a result of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a change of administration. Um, uh, the one administration believed that the internet was a communication service, a foundation service, and therefore came under regulatory purview. Uh, the other administration uh, believed that deregulation um, was in order and that the internet was an information service and not bound by traditional uh, regulatory policy. Um, in reality, uh, both administrations favored deregulation. Both administrations uh, favored uh, light regulation. So if you asked practically what were the differences between the two, it's like with any religion; they both believed in a god. It was <laughs> whether it was their god or the other person's god that became the issue. But in a practical sense, uh, it mattered very little. Um, and in fact, you can see elements of that today because I don't know how close your readership uh, follows U.S. politics, but there's a lot of discussion among the more conservative elements in the United States in politics to regulate social media platforms, which from the FCC's viewpoint were beyond the pale. There was no consideration to regulate such platforms and how you would do that uh, would yet to be determined. But you had this change of administration. The new administration came in and said, um, we're not going to regulate the internet. They redeclared the internet to be information service. So they said, no, it's not water, it's wine. And then the uh, next guy came in and said, well, no, it's it's not wine, it's water. <laughs> and un- under that purview, um, uh, they uh, uh, redid the transparency order, took away the nutrition label as a safe harbor. Safe harbor has a lot of weight in that it, uh, if you uh, adopt a safe harbor provision in a regulatory ruling, you're immunized against legal proceedings because you've acted in good faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it left the carriers with an obligation to be transparent in terms of uh, their service prices, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, network management practices, and performance data with the exclusion of packet loss. 
Um, and they premised that, if I remember, and the only reason I remember it, it was kind of comical on the on on presentations by the carriers, it would cost them thousands of hours of years to calculate packet loss. Mm-hmm. Anybody who does network engineering knows it comes out of the router. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and yes, you might want to format it differently for a regulatory agency, but in my experience, and I've got close to I've got close to 50 years experience in the communications industry. Uh, you get some business analysts, they write a script um, and it's, it's, it's one and done as they say. So, mm-hmm. so, but, but the lawyers are good at, at claiming, you know, 10, you know, the Egyptians took a hundred years to build a great pyramid. Um, it's going to take our engineers uh, 200 years to, to, to build a spreadsheet. <laughs> It's interesting you bring this up because the FCC is currently consulted on on whether what information should be on those labels. What would you like to see on them? Uh, that's a diff- it really is a difficult question. Let me explain. Uh, there's some information that should be on, and uh, clearly will be very helpful. Pricing data, okay. And, and let me let me backtrack. Uh, in 2017, they said that the information had to be. Uh, easily accessible on the website. Now, just mm-hmm. before this interview, in the last couple of days, I've been trying to find this easily accessible information, and it's like hunting for snocks. It's <laughs> it's there, it's there. Okay, it's not, in my view, easily accessible. Uh, you get some of the information right away. It's like it's like playing one of those video games. You know, you get the early points, um, the, the easy points, very early in the game. But as the game progresses, it becomes harder and harder. So yeah, you, it's all findable, um, uh, but not easily. Intrinsically, companies are selling services. Mm-hmm. All right, and in in there's no marketer in the world, whether it's internet services, cars, uh, potatoes, that really wants to be transparent. They don't want to say, "Well, I'm selling potatoes at ten dollars a pound," but if you look down the street. You can buy it at nine dollars a pound. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, it it is against the grain of a marketer to provide any information which makes their product comparable to some other product. Okay, so and this is not evil. This is just well, unless marketing is evil. But this is just this is just the nature of marketing. Okay, mm-hmm. I defy anybody to find uh, a major company that gives a comparison unless unless there is a there's an exception to this rule if you can definitively prove you're better than somebody else you will use that information mm-hmm. but but generally but generally it's all obscured it's all um, come into my parlor sit down have a cup of coffee um, let's talk about what your needs are and I'll come up with the best proposal for you so um, so this information even with the 2017 order that said they had to make it transparent, legally it's transparent. From mm-hmm. a practical perspective, I doubt they can find any consumer that would claim it's easily accessible. Mm-hmm. So the, the nature of making this information both standardized and put in a prominent place is good. Right? And there's certain information which is trivial, which would be enormously helpful. Uh, what is the price of the service? Uh, what are some general characteristics of the service? There's, there's other information, though, that that is hard to get to. Uh, I would like to see. When you say, what would I like to see? I'd like to see pricing. I'd like to see what what is the basic rate? Um, uh, what is the latency, which is very important? Uh, what is um, uh, the packet drop, packet loss, uh, very mm-hmm. important? Um, neither of the orders, neither the 2016 order nor the 2017 order, uh, actually told people how to calculate those things. 
And that's mm-hmm. a big hole. Yeah. So I I can I can you know I can quote averages. I can show you an average number and say, well, here's my average performance. But maybe it's when uh, you know the, the sun is out and the and <laughs> and the moon is full. Uh, so there's different ways to calculate these, and uh, it's not that the number itself is important. Whether you're getting 100 megabits under one calculation or 90 megabits under another calculation, but it's how you compare. And let me give you a trivial example. We know that one prominent uh, speed test company measures latency as the fastest time they were able to get a packet through the network. Mm-hmm. Not the average time, the fastest time. Now, yeah. from an engineer perspective, that's an interesting number. So it's a good number because mm-hmm. it tells you when everything's working right, what's the best you can do. And that's always a good thing to know. Uh, is it a typical experience? Probably not. Is it comparable to uh, another company uh, using a different method latency calculation? No. So one of the big holes I, I see is that there's no standardization. And I think the FCC was remiss in both instances in not specifying how to calculate that. And again, the important thing is not here's the magic way to calculate it, but everybody's got to do it the same way. Yeah. Okay. So that that's that's one point. The, the other thing, which is the greatest imponderable in my view, th- this issue of reliability or consistency. Mm-hmm. And- when the internet began, it began as a packet service. Mm-hmm. And in a packet service, um, things, uh, if, if you're dealing with uh, a, a lightly congested network, what matters are averages. Because by the nature of the device, um, you can suffer small delays. That's the whole beauty of a packet network. You can, you can manage a, a resource smaller than the maximum needs of the population because the population doesn't consume those maximum needs precisely at the same time. Mm -hmm. And that was a major paradigm shift in the industry. Before then, everybody had fixed circuits of a fixed bandwidth, whatever the bandwidth was. So you had your own allocation. It went from point A to point B. Nobody could interfere with you. The internet brought in a level of both economy and diversity that allowed multiple types of services to share the same pipe, say, um, and multiple people to share the same pipe. Mm-hmm. And the pipe was sized to meet an individual's needs, but not to meet the absolute needs of everybody because everybody wasn't doing everything at the same time. Okay. What started to, to corrupt that principle were video services. Mm-hmm. And because video services increasingly don't look like packets, they look like um, uh, fixed circuits. And, and the reason for that is simple. Uh, th- uh, what was called standard definition television had an industry standard uh, bit rate of, a, if I remember, and don't hold me accountable to the decimal point, of about 135 megabits per second. That was for standard definition television. So if you want to watch one channel of television, you needed 135 megabits a second. Okay. Now, if you want to watch high definition, and there's a lot of definitions of high, that's a market, it's become a marketing term. Anytime anything becomes a marketing term, be very careful. But um, uh, standard uh, high definition uh, can can consume as as much as a gigabit or more of data in, in its base form. But we don't transmit 
gigabit circuits. What happens is that the data is compressed to take out redundant bits of information. If you look at the quoted rates for what people claim are uh, HD services, they range from about 10 megabits to 20 megabits per second. So we're squeezing the data down through information processing to eliminate redundancy. But as we do that, we increase the constancy of the data. Yeah. So what became a very bursty set of information uh, now starts to look like a, a constant stream of information. Well, why does this matter? I watched the Super Bowl. It wasn't a bad game. Okay. But my at the HDTV got fuzzy uh, at key points. Then it got crystal clear and then fuzzy again and crystal clear and fuzzy again and crystal clear because it's running out of bandwidth at some point mm-hmm. in the network. All right. And these are, these are congestion periods where there's, where, well, for whatever reason, people are drawing down too much bandwidth for the network to support. So the network starts cheating by um, uh, decreasing resolution. There's various ways you can uh, adapt to congestion. Okay. This thing is very hard to capture unless you're the yeah. carrier itself. In fact, what the carriers do is um, they look for congestion events and other negatives in the network, and they do stroke counts typically. So uh, they'll have a set of metrics that are bad things to happen in the network. Mm-hmm. And every time one of those bad things to happen, they'll update a counter. And they're, if they have good people, they have metrics set for their network that says, if we have so many bad things in a month of this metric, we have to do something. We have to put more capacity into the network. Well, averages don't capture that. But I can tell you, and everybody's experienced this, when you watch a streaming video, the quality often varies, uh, even though the averages don't vary. Do you think and that's one is, of the big big frustrations for consumers? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, uh, it's, it's certainly the from an anecdotal perspective, it's one of the things I constantly hear is what a crappy internet service provider I got. And mm-hmm. it's to people are typically talking about that they were doing something of high interest to them, watching Game of Thrones. Don't ever interfere with Game of Thrones, at least in the <laughs> United States. All right. And and uh, just when the dragon was about to be killed, my screen froze. That's a horror. So uh, and 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 as more and more as we evolve to the internet becoming the foundation network for all that we do in communications and information technology, somehow we need to bring in better statistics on consistency or reliability of the network because the averages don't capture the total experience. Uh-huh. Okay. For certain things you might do, if you're reading a, if you're reading a gas meter, you really don't care if it takes you five seconds longer one period of time than another. Okay, if you're watching Game of Thrones or if you're doing an operation on uh, somebody remotely and we're heading into an environment where these things matter, uh, then understanding consistency is important. There's, there's another reason you want to bring it in. Okay, these carriers are very competitive. Mm-hmm. Okay, and when a MBA program, the Measuring Broadband America program was first created, we were cautioned by the carriers that um, we had to be careful what we measured because they would respond to it. Mm-hmm. And what they meant was, if you put up a scoreboard, we're going to make sure we score high. And in fact, we saw that when we started measuring, and, and we hoped, and just, just to clarify things for those not familiar with the program, uh, 
The FCC worked with Sam Knows, but they also worked with 13 carriers, and they also worked with the academic institutions to come up with suggestions and methodologies for how we measure things. So we Mm -hmm. didn't want to make this an FCC program. We didn't want to make – everybody's got their own bank of knowledge, and and no bank is complete, and no bank is perfect. So we came up with what those people and the FCC thought were the best things to measure. And the first year, there was a huge variance – among carriers in terms of, of, of measurements. Okay. In succeeding years, that gap narrowed dramatically. Not that everybody was the same, but the worst performing carriers stepped up their game. Mm-hmm. Okay. So another reason you want to use uh, reliability measurements on it or consistency measurements is that if you do it in a credible way where it does reflect what I'll call the reliability network, the carriers will step up their game. They react to the, the their deficiencies if the deficiencies are made public. You, you talked earlier about finding the information on the labels and the difficulty you had going to find that information now. Where do you think those labels should be displayed? At what point is it going to make the most impact on the consumer? Uh, right under the – when you Google on uh, – go to the website of a company, uh, click on the internet service, and you should hit it right there because mm-hmm. that's the thing everybody's got to do. Okay. If you let them go to the next layer, they're going to bury it somewhere. Mm-hmm. You have, have to go up to the upper right-hand corner and hit the magic fairy in the <laughs> – they are very good. They are very good at hiding it. They have experts at how you can uh, distract a customer. Okay. So if and, – and uniformity is important. So mm-hmm. if every time a customer clicked on the word internet service from a supplier and got to a page that was prominently, let's say a third of the page says, here, here, here's what we offer uh, on a uh, you know comparison basis, okay, that would be great. You shouldn't have to put in your street address. You can, you can defer all that. You can put a disclaimer up, but, but it ought to hit them right away. Mm-hmm. Do you think it will? Yeah. Uh, this will be an interesting process. The FCC put out a notice of proposed rulemaking. That's not an order. So the actual details are yet to be worked out. But my personal belief is you shouldn't – two things. Customers shouldn't have to figure the same question out multiple times. So if you, if you, if you have to go to one website and look for it one way and another website and look for it a different way and another website and look for it a different way, it's not transparent, even though mm-hmm. legally it might be. And, and yes, it ought to be easily accessible in the first thing that you see. Um, now, here's the sad news. In the U.S., carry, uh, if, at least for landline services, you don't have much choice. It's yeah. rare. It's rare that people have a choice of two. Mm-hmm. So that, And that's the sad thing. But um, it's still useful when you – if you have two and you're lucky, then you've got a good comparison. A two, if you um, – uh, only have one, you can be an internet police officer and say, look, I'm not getting the service. And that's a common complaint people have is I'm not getting the service that this company claims. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe it's because they're not measuring things the way that the company is measuring things. Maybe it's because they're the outlier, but for what, whatever reason, uh, giving people a benchmark of what to expect is important. It tells them when things are not working as expected. You mentioned earlier that the broadband providers aren't going to want to give out this information or they, you know, they don't want to share as much as information as possible. 
how do you think they're going to react to the imposition of the labels? Will it force them to up their game? Uh, well, it's they're sort of halfway pregnant as it is. In theory, in theory, they're already giving out this information. Mm-hmm. That was the 2017 order. So they can't say, well, we're not going to give it out uh, because in theory, they are giving it out. So they're left with issues about formats and, uh, and other things. I, I think they've given up the game. Uh, the question is going to be um, what new information beyond what they provide, if any, are included. Don't, don't forget, uh, the last administration uh, under Ajit Pai cut back and took out packet loss as if it didn't matter. Packet mm-hmm. loss matters. Okay. And, and in fact, I can tell you, a rule of thumb is that you, if you have more than 1% average packet loss in your network, it's pretty bad. If, if you have more than 2% packet loss, it's pretty unusable for a lot of applications. Mm-hmm. So it, it is a critical application. Um, they, uh, uh, you know, so that's one thing they could throw in. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the, what in today's environment, people other than the carriers suggest as important. As I said, I, I would, I would suggest, um, uh, some indication of carrier consistency, maybe from carrier data, the carry, by the way, the, the thing the carriers don't want you to know is they collect so much information that they actually turn off data collection mechanisms. The routers they have, the, the technology they have, are basically highly specialized computers that can calculate every metric you've ever wanted under the sun and more. Mm-hmm. So the issue is not, well, it's going to cost us a lot of money, but they don't want to expose themselves in front of the public and in front of their competition. They certainly will not be happy with it. Uh, they will uh, uh, fight against additional information to provide. They will probably talk uh, or argue about how it should be presented. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, one thing I think would be horrible, although it was suggested in the 2016 order, was that the FCC coalesce this information, okay? Because uh, it, it, as if that's a solution. Most people in the United States don't know how to spell the FCC. <laughs> Right, well, so, and, and that's an interesting point. Because, I mean, just finally, do you think that, you know, terms like packet loss and latency have any cut through at all with consumers? Or is the average consumer going to know what any of that means? They know what numbers mean. Uh, it's not going to help them to have a 15 row um, uh, set of metrics. But uh, if you keep it down to three and four, you know, three or four metrics, um, and you have an explanation of what metrics mean, um, and you came up with some some rubric for reliability and that, you know, uh, people say, well, they'll never understand this. Okay. The information can be coalesced into nuggets that people can understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might not understand the importance of packet loss, uh, but you can turn that into a metric that says, well, that's one form of reliability. You know, so, and compare it to an industry standard. Get enough of these metrics over time. One of the things I would suggest is, what's the industry average? Mm-hmm. Okay, so if I had a nutrition label, one thing I would like to see on it is, what's the industry average? Because then I know whether I, the carrier I'm dealing with meets the industry average, exceeds it, or is below it. Mm-hmm. Every parent who sends a child to school might not appreciate what a 93 or 94 means on a score. But they do know if their child uh, is performing a 
above expectations, at expectations, or below expectations. Mm-hmm. So there's always a way you can dumb it down and still convey meaningful information. The point is getting is getting the basic data to convey meaningful information. That's it for part one of this podcast, but make sure to join us for part two, when I'll be joined by Sam Knows Roxanne Robinson to discuss how regulators around the world have tackled the issue of getting reliable information to broadband buyers. <laughs>